Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Maybe you weren't quite as gifted as other people in the room. Anyone ever feel that way? You kind of feel like the odd person out sometimes. Um, yeah, it, it happens to us all. And I remember when I, was, uh, when I was 16, I gave my life to Christ. And um, I've never been one. I've never had any musical talent at all. If you sit near me in church and hear me trying to sing, you, you're like, yep, 100%. Um, I can do tech. I can do the sound stuff. But I cannot sing. I can't play an instrument. I've tried learning. My brain does not process rhythm. That's why I don't clap, because I'm always offbeat and I mess up the worship team. So I, uh, I just kind of stand there and smile. Uh, that's my gift. I can do that. But, but I remember when I went to Bible college in Springfield, Missouri at Central Bible College. And I got there as a freshman. I'd only been a Christian like two years. I knew God had called me into ministry. Uh, I fought it for a while. And I finally said, okay, I'll, I'll go do this thing. And I remember getting on campus. And there were all these people who could sing like incredibly well. They could play instruments. Uh, they could preach really well. They could talk. They were really eloquent. And then I was like, wow, what can I do? You know, I mean, I just had, you want to go help them with that? Thank you. Um, thanks, Kenny. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I just, wow, I totally lost my train of thought there. Sorry. <laughs> but I didn't feel like I had any giftings. And then finally, I got into this passage in Ephesians and realized that God has given all of us a gift. How many of you guys know that? God has given each and every one of us a gift, at least one. Everybody throughout Scripture, we see that everyone has at least one spiritual gift. Now, we're not talking about just natural abilities. We all have those too. But God has given everyone at least one spiritual gift that they can do well, something that God has given you a a supernatural ability to do. Some people have more than one. Um, Some are very gifted and others aren't. But we see that God has given us all some giftings. And so we're going to open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Now, earlier in chapter 4, Paul was talking about unity in the church and how we need one another. He said that we all need each other in this walk, right? None of us are indispensable because God needs all of us. Um, And so he, he talks about how we're all one in Christ. Jews and Gentiles, men and women, we're all one in Christ. And then in verse 7, He kind of, that's what we're going to pick up. He kind of goes on from there and he says, however, so hold on just a minute. He said, we're all important. We're all part of the body. But then he says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift. Who has he given a gift to? Each one of us, right? That means all of us. Not a trick question. It means all of us. He's given us those through the generosity of Christ. That's why scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Now notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than the heavens, so he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, I'm going to pause there for just a moment. We're not going to get a lot into this. I've, I've done a lot of research on that because some people say when, when Paul says Christ went down, they say, well, Jesus went to hell, you know, and he, he took the keys of death from the devil. And it, it really doesn't support that anywhere. I mean, I've read a ton of commentaries because I was always taught that growing up. You know, I think Carmen taught me that in a song. Um, but, but this is a picture. When a king went off to war and he came back victorious, he would give gifts to his people, to his subjects and to his warriors, right? And this is, he's saying that Jesus came to earth, to our lowly world. He came from heaven to earth 
And then when he ascended back, when he ascended, was resurrected, and he went back into heaven, he gave gifts to his people. And those gifts are what Paul's going to talk about here. So saying that Jesus came to earth, he died as a sacrifice for us, and then when he ascended, he gave gifts to each and every one of us through the Holy Spirit. He gave us these gifts that we're going to talk about now. So in verse 11, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, ambassadors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to build up and is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Then this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then when we're all grown, we'll no longer be immature like children. Don't point, please. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Sorry, my study notes in here. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Who is part of the body of Christ? All of us, right? So he says he makes us all fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So Lord, I pray this morning you'd help us to see in your word what you're speaking to us. Lord, I pray you'd help us to be open to what you're saying to each and every one of us. Lord, help us to grow in you and in the gifts and abilities you've given us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're, we're talking about unity in the church in the previous message a couple weeks ago. Uh, we talked about how we're all part of the body of Christ, and we all belong, and we all need one another, and we all need to support one another and be there for one another and put up with our, our uniqueness and celebrate our uniqueness. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the gifts for the unity of the church. Now Paul says every one of us are given gifts, at least one. Some have multiple Some of you are really good. You already know what your spiritual gifts are. You know how you operate. You know what God does through you. Some have maybe not figured that out yet. Some of you may be sitting there today saying, I don't think God gave me one. I think he forgot. I think I was maybe last in line and he ran out, you know. Uh, But no, I want to tell you today, God has given you a special gift, something that you can do better than anyone else, right? Something that, that God uniquely fitted you for. And so there was this guy that, that was going to a movie, and he was kind of running behind. And so the movie was already started, and it was dark. You know, you kind of walk in, and you're trying to adjust your eyes. And so he slid into an empty seat, and he noticed the guy in front of him had his dog sitting in the theater with him. And the dog was actually watching the movie. It was incredible. So he said, like, in the funny parts, his tail would kind of wag and thump on the seat. He said when it got kind of scary, he would cover his eyes with his paws. And in the sad parts, he would kind of droop down. You know how dogs have that ability to droop down. And so, and he was eating popcorn, too, you know. And then after the movie, the guy came up and he said, wow, that dog really seemed to enjoy the movie. I'm shocked. And the guy said, I am, too. He hated the book. So, <laughs> so we all have things we do well, right? We all have gifts. We all have abilities. And each and every one of us has something that we can use. And God gives us these gifts not just to make us feel better about ourselves, but to do what? To build the church to build unity in the church, to make the body of Christ grow. So God has given each of us these gifts to use to build one another up in the church. Now, all of us have natural abilities. That's not necessarily what we're going to talk about, but some of us are good at some things. We've got these RV maps workers that are here that are really good at stuff, and they all have their own abilities, right? They all do different things well. 
Some of you have different abilities you have, and we're supposed to use those as well. In, in the parable of the talents, Jesus talks about how he's given us all these different abilities. Um, so we're supposed to use those. But he's, so some are, are good carpenters, some are good at helping others, some are good at mechanics. But then we also have these other abilities, these spiritual abilities that God has given us. And we're supposed to use these things to build the church. God has made some of you really good teachers. And what are you supposed to do with that? Use it to build the church, right? God has given some of you the ability to be really good helpers. And God has given you that to use to build a church. Some have musical talents that God has given you. And there are two different lists we're going to read uh, this morning. And they're not all listed here, right? This is not an exhaustive list. But God has given us all these different spiritual gifts. In Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8, it will be on the screen here. Paul says, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. And just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, us, together. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts, right, for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. We all want that gift, right? I want to be able to give, so I have lots of money to give, right? If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So we see here there are several different types of gifts that God has given people, right? How many of you know some people are really gifted at making money? There are just some people that really make money well, and they use it well to give, right? They're generous, and so God gives them more. Some are great teachers. Um, sorry. <laughs> we have a Spanish church that meets over here at the same time, and they like their base. And so, which is cool. I like it too. Um, and then there's another list in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, and then in 27 to 31. Paul says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. How many of you know people like that? All right? To another, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the Spirit gives a gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. It's the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So he's the one that decides. And then if you drop down, he says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. All of you together are Christ's body. We all matter. We all have a part. And then he says, Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. They're apostles, prophets, Third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should all earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. And then he says, let me show a way this the best of all, and that's love. 
So, guys, you see in these lists, there's lots of different things. And some of you might have noticed those things in there that you're good at. Guys, I'll tell you, like I was saying earlier, I really felt like I was, I was like, I wasn't really good at a lot of stuff. And one thing that God really showed me, uh, we were getting ready to do a missions trip. And uh, we did these trips on spring break. And so I was a part of the team, and I was always the guy in the background. I could carry things. I could run sound. I could do stuff. And so the whole time, like, we would go to churches and do services and raise money for our trip. And the whole time I was kind of in the background, I finally kind of, I kind of felt a little out of place. And one of the guys caught me one day and said, man, I so appreciate what you do in the background. I was like, well, that's just what I do. He said, no, that's a spiritual gift. He's like, you have the gift of helping. And he's like, you're really, really good at that. And I was like, wow. And that totally changed me because I always felt like I was just a loser that couldn't do anything else. So I hauled stuff, right? I was the pack mule of the team. But really, he said, no, that's seriously, that's a spiritual gift. You're good at helping. And throughout my life, I found people in the church, and it seems like God puts them in, in every church. There are just people who are really good helpers. And if that's you guys, don't ever devalue that. Don't ever feel like, oh, I'm not good enough to be up front, so I'm just kind of stuck in the back. No, God put you there. God gave you that ability. Some of you, God has given the ability to give wise advice to others. Some of you, God has given the ability to give. You're generous and you give. So these are all different things. So really, on these next couple of slides, there's a couple of bullet points here. We're just going to run quickly through these. That's why I printed that handout for you. You can take this handout home and read these things. But administration. Some of you are good at just helping steer things, helping lead things. There's some who are apostles. Now, when I say apostles, some of you get really nervous. <laughs> In the New Testament, there was an office of apostle. Those are people who, who penned scripture, who wrote scripture. That office is not around anymore. Why? Because the Bible's complete, right? We don't need that anymore. Now, there are some people who call themselves apostle. If you hear that, be cautious, because sometimes they call themselves an apostle. They're trying to take that office, and sometimes they abuse it. Now, there is a gift of apostle. Those are people who start ministries where ministries haven't been before. What do we call those now? Missionaries, right? Basically, a missionary is an apostle, a New Testament apostle or modern apostle. They're people who go and plant churches, who go start things where it had never been before. And some of you guys might be sitting here today, and God's speaking to you about maybe Going to another country or to another city and starting a church, planting a church. There's an also a gift of discernment. This is the ability to recognize truth from untruth. How many of you know people who just seem to have a radar and they know when something's true or not? That's a gift. That's a spiritual gift. You can operate in that. I know people we've gone places before doing ministry and we'll pull up and they'll say, ooh, we need to be careful here. That's a gift. That's a discernment. Or somebody will come up and start talking, and they'll kind of lean over like, they are lying through their ear hole, right? I mean, they just, they know. And so that's discernment. There's evangelism. Some are really good at talking to people who don't know Jesus yet. And that's a gift that God has given. Some exhortation or encouragement. How many of you know people who are just encouraging all the time? That's a spiritual gift. We had a guy in our church here. His name was Mike Winslow. He was gifted in this. And there were days you'd be having a horrible day, and Mike would just show up like he was a ninja. I mean, he was, he was here. Like, where did you come from? And he'd say, hey, God told me to come and encourage you today. And so he would bring you a coffee, or he would talk to you and pray with you. I mean, that was just his gift, and he knew that, and he operated in that. I can't tell you how many people told me I was having a horrible day, and Mike showed up in my workplace and just popped up and prayed for me and, and smiled and patted me on the back, and my day was better. 
And he said, it was God sent him. It was like he just, whoosh, you know, just appeared. And so they have that. Faith. Some people just have incredible faith. Have you met those people? You're around them and your faith is just encouraged because they just believe? Yeah, that's a gift. Some of you have that. There's a gift of giving. Those are, are really well able to make money. We have a guy on our camp board that just, like, makes money. I mean, he just has this thing, and he gives it. He just gives incredibly. And a lot of the stuff that we've done at the camp, we've spent over a million dollars at the camp over the last, like, five years. He was the guy that put that together. And he, and he has this network of other people who have that gift. And so he knows all these people who make lots of money and are very generous. And that's a gift to get that moving in the right direction to support the church, capital C Church, right? So that's giving. Healing. Some people can just pray for people and God heals. There was a lady back in, I think, the 60s, Catherine Kuhlman. Read about this lady. She was amazing. She was this little petite thing, but she would pray. Literally, tumors would fall out of people when she prayed for them. Like, I mean, just literally fall out. There were people who would walk in and their leg would grow back. I mean, that was a gift that she had. That she just prayed for. And she didn't make herself a celebrity. She would just go and do those things. Look her up. Um, hospitality or helps. Some people are just great, like we talked about, just great at helping others. There's hospitality. How many of you know people who are just amazing at making people feel welcome? Whether it's in the church or in their home. Um, it's just a gift. That's a gift that God gives. Knowledge. These are people who are just really smart. And they love understanding scripture. And then there's... Leadership. Some people are just natural born leaders. Some people learn to be good leaders. Some people are just born with that. It's a spiritual gift, right? Mercy. We all know people who do not have mercy. <laughs> we know them. And then there are other people who have a lot of mercy. They're just good at giving grace. They're good at, at empathizing, not sympathizing, but empathizing with those who are in pain. And they know how to encourage them and how to be there for them, right? That's a spiritual gift, guys. There's prophecy. Prophecy is encouraging. Now, again, some people say, well, I'm a prophet, and they just tear people down. No, a prophet is someone who speaks on God's behalf, and it's usually encouraging. It's usually they just know what to say to build you up. And we, can, we know those people when we meet them. They give an encouraging. Sometimes they give warnings. I've met people who operate in prophecy, and they will come up and say, hey, this is coming. Be ready for this. God told me that, that you know, this hardship's going to come, but don't give up, right? Be ready. And so some of you have that gift. Some serve. Some are just incredibly good at serving, at being at the right time and doing the right thing. And then some speaking in tongues. God uses some people to give a message, and we call a message in tongues, a message in unknown language, and then that has to be interpreted. We all have that prayer language when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, but this is an ability to do that. And then other people have the gift of interpreting that. Teaching. Some people are just really good at teaching. They can take complicated things and make it understandable. That's a gift, right? And then wisdom. Now, we talked about knowledge earlier. Some people have a gift of knowledge. Some people have the gift of wisdom. And wisdom is being able to apply God's word in the best situation possible. How many of you know people who are wise who are not necessarily the smartest person in the room? There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. And wisdom is a gift. Sometimes you just know what to do at the right time. That's like, wow, I'm really smart. No, that's God using you in wisdom. And again, this is not an exhaustive list. This is just 20 things that we see in Scripture that Paul gave examples of. And there are other things too. But these are spiritual gifts, guys. 
These are things that God can use you for, not to make your life better, but to build up what? The church. And when we say church, when we put a capital, capital C on church, it's all of us who are believers together. The different denominations all over the place. When we go to France next week on that mission trip, we're encouraging the church. We're helping build a church. We're helping, and they are just blown away that people are coming from America to help French people build a church building. I said, don't you have things to do there? Yeah, but we want to come help you because we're all the same team. We're all part of the church, right? So these are things. So these are spiritual gifts that God has given. Now, there are also, Paul talks about in this verse, ministry gifts. It says when Christ ascended, he gave ministry gifts to the church. Now, these, are, these gifts are people. Now, how many of you know all of us are ministers? If you didn't, you do now. We're all ministers. God has called us all to ministry. God has called us all to do things. But God also set certain people apart that we see in Scripture. He says, set Paul and Barnabas apart because I'm going to use them. Set this person apart. I'm going to use them. And so God has chosen some people and said, I want you to give your life in ministry. Vocationally, I want you to do it. That's what your life calling is, is to do ministry full time. And again, there may be some of you sitting here and saying, I really feel like God is, is poking me. And if he is, he's probably poking you today a little bit. I want you to do this. And how many of you know if, if you're not called to be a pastor, you do not want to be a pastor? I promise you, if you're not called to do this, don't do it. <laughs> we tell people that. You know, they come for their credential interview. We say, you're sure God's called you? Absolutely. Okay, because you are going to be miserable if he hasn't. It's going to be the worst thing you'll ever do in your life. But if God has called you, there's nothing else you can do, right? And so for some, it's being a pastor. For some, it's, it's being an evangelist. For some, it's, it's being a teacher. I mean, it's all these different things. And so these are some things that God has called. And so in verse 11, he says, These are gifts Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. There was a, a pastor who was doing a Sunday school lesson one time, and he was talking about the shepherd, because, you know, the word pastor can be translated shepherd. And, you know, a shepherd takes care of sheep. And so he's talking about how shepherd's job is to stay close to the sheep, protect them from wild animals, keep them from wandering off. And then the people of the church were God's sheep. And so he said, if you're the sheep, who's the shepherd? And he was trying to say, you know, the pastors are the shepherd. And this kid speaks up. He's like, well, Jesus is the shepherd. He said, well, that's true. Then what am I? He's like, I think you're a sheepdog. And so sometimes... That works, right? And so God has set certain people apart as gifts to the body to build the body up, to encourage the body, right? And so, and really, guys, what, what this calling is, is is pairing a gift that God has given with a vocational calling. So he's taking people who, are, who have certain spiritual gift sets, and then he calls them. And how many of you know not every, every minister is the same, Right? So we talk about the apostles, and we said the New Testament apostle is not the office of apostle, it's the gift of apostle. Some people God has just called to go. And guys, you know, back in the, like, the 20s and the 30s, when our movement was started, the Assemblies of God was started, our goal as a movement was to be the largest mission-sending organization in the world. Our goal was to be, and we're, I think, number three in the world right now in sending missionaries. And that's what we're about. Our churches send missionaries. And, you know, back in the 20s and 30s, when these missionaries went, you know what they went with? They would pack their stuff. They said, God has called me to go to Africa. They would pack their things in a coffin and take it over. And they stayed until they died. 
And, you know, now we figured out, you know, there's healthier ways to do that. So we send them over for four years and bring them back for a year to raise funds and, you know, so they don't have to die over there. Um, some have. And they were, they were ready. They were ready. To, I know one missionary we were talking to, and he said, if, if I don't get approved to go, and if somebody's got a missionary, I'm just going to sell all my stuff and go anyway. He said, God has called me to this people group. And so that's what a New Testament apostle is. He's also given prophets. Prophets are ones who speak for the Lord. And God gives them kind of foreknowledge sometimes. There are certain ministers around the country and around the world that God uses as prophets. They encourage. They sometimes warn. They sometimes speak out about what's going to happen. That is a calling. That's a gift God has given to the church. And all these are given to build the church. They're evangelists. God has called some people just to go and reach the lost full time. And evangelists, the gift has kind of changed over the years a little bit. You know, we don't see it as much as we used to. Or they would just go and set up a tent and do, if you guys watched that Jesus Revolution movie, that true story about the one in Calvary, it's amazing. They would just go set up a tent and people would come by the droves. Today that's different because people don't trust pastors as much anymore. They don't trust ministers as much. So that, that has changed and now they do it more in churches. Um, and then the last one is pastors and teachers. Now he didn't say the pastors and the teachers. He lumps this together in one. And God calls some people out to be a pastor and to teach and they are so different. We know that pastors come in all different shapes, colors, sizes, genders. Uh, God sets certain people out to be, and it's a gift that God gives to be that person. Like I said, and if you're not called, you don't want to do it. But if you are called, you can't do anything else, right? And some are full-time, like in a church all the time. Some work jobs and pastor. Uh, we've all done, well, most pastors have done both. And so these are jobs that the ones that are given. And so we see all different places in Scripture, and again, it's, it's listed in your notes there. Um, but to expound the Scriptures, to teach. And he says that what is the job of the pastors, teachers? What is the job of all these gifts? To train God's people to do what? The work of the ministry. And this is something that in the, in the United States Church sometimes we get off. We think, well, we pay a pastor to do the ministry. No, we have a pastor to train us to do the ministry, right? Our job, Pastor Kenny, me, Amber, Pastor Maria, our job is to train all of us to do the work because there's people you can reach that I can't. There are people that, they say, you know, it's funny, you go places and you meet people and you're talking, what do you do? Oh, I'm a pastor, and it gets real quiet because they, they don't know what to say. They just kind of, are you going to preach at me? Do you need me to? You know, like, I can and it's just, it's kind of awkward because, but they'll open up to you because you work next to them. God has put you there to talk to them, to encourage them. There are people in your neighborhoods that, you know, I can't go talk to, but you can. And so our job is to build the church up and unify the church until we're all mature. So we're supposed to, so those are gifts God gives to build a church. And then there's a growth of unity in the church. When we use these gifts, the church grows numerically, and grows in unity. So we're supposed to grow the unity of the fellowship. He says that we're supposed to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry and build the body up until we're complete, until we're ready. And so we have to grow unity. So there's a couple of signs, a couple of evidences of growth in unity. And I put these here in your notes. And the first one is progressive sanctification. And that sounds like a huge word. If you want to impress your friends, you can tell them that. But what is progressive sanctification? It's just simply becoming more like Jesus. 
as we get to know Jesus better, we become more like him. And we talked about this. How many guys have ever, you remember a movie you watched when you were a kid, and you're like, oh my goodness, I love this movie. And you watch it, and you go, yee, and you turn it off. I didn't remember that being there. Have you ever had that? It happened to me just this week. I found this movie from the 80s. I've been on this 80s kick. And it's like, oh, I love this movie with Chevy Chase back in the 80s. And then I turn it on like, wow, did I, re- I really watch that? You know? And so we had to turn that off where our kids will be sitting there with us, you know, because PG in the 80s wasn't PG today, right? And so, like, nope, we're going to turn that off. Um, it's because you're becoming more like Christ. And this is something the Holy Spirit does in us. As we grow, he starts showing us things, right? And we become more. So as the church grows, we become more like Christ. We become more stable. Stability is another one. We become more stable as a church. Paul says when we grow, we won't be tossed about by winds of new teaching. And, you know, at, when we're new Christians, we get excited about everything, right? And we'll have people that we're, we're encouraging, we're walking with that are new Christians, and say, hey, I saw this guy on YouTube, and you kind of go, you know, they said, you know, and we get winded, right, back and forth. We kind of get thrown about. As we grow in, tr- in Christ, we become more stable. We recognize false teachers more, and we stay away from that. We, we recognize different doctrinal things, and we, we stay away, we become more stable, and that's part of becoming more like Jesus and becoming more anchored and stable. And then he says there's truth partnered with love. How many know people who are really, really good at telling the truth, but not always with love? Hey, you're an idiot. Stop doing that. Like, okay, thank you. But it's better when we can partner that with love. Hey, I, I think you need to take a look at this part of your life because this is dangerous, and sometimes they, didn't, they need just truth, right? But truth partnered with love. In Proverbs 27, 6, Solomon says, Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. We need to tell the truth, but we have to partner that with love. I'm telling you this because I love you. Because I care about it. I can't allow you to keep doing this because you're going to destroy your life. You're going to destroy your family. You're going to destroy your marriage. And most of us have seen train wrecks coming from a distance in people's lives, right? And we try to tell them. We try to warn them, we try to help them, and it just doesn't happen. I love this quote from a, this is from a commentary. It says, truth without love is brutality, but love without truth is hypocrisy. So we need to make sure we love people enough to tell them the truth and tell them what they need to hear. And as we grow together in Christ, we can do that. And then cooperation. We realize we belong with one another, we need one another. And so as I read earlier in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. And then we speak the truth and love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. And then the body fits together. Another quote I found that I really liked, this is, an isolated Christian can't minister to others, nor can others minister to him. And it's impossible for the gifts to be ministered either way. So we need to make sure that we are helping one another, growing one another together. Right? We're helping each other. And then we have to protect the unity of the fellowship. We have to have unity through Christ with one another. Um, truth unites, and lo- but lies divide, and, and love unites, and selfishness divides. So guys, we need to, to use the gifts God has given us to encourage one another. And like I said, in that handout, if you didn't grab one, grab it on your way out. There's a link at the bottom, and, and there's a little online gift test. If you're not sure what your gifts are, it's, it's kind of fun. You can put in things you enjoy doing and say, hey, this may be some spiritual gifts God has given you. But I want to encourage you, all of us have gifts. And God has given us those not just to be good at stuff, but to do what? 
to build the church up. And it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, God wants to use you to build up the church. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning. And we're going to pray together. And I'm just going to pray that God speaks to us about the giftings and abilities he's given us. I'm really excited because you see Croy up here. Croy's a teenager who's learning how to play, and he's using his gifts. As I embarrass him as he walks on the platform. That's always fun. Yeah. Um, they're finding those gifts, and they're using those gifts. And that's what God wants each and every one of us to do. Now, you're not always going to be good at the thing God has gifted you with right away. It takes time.